All right, everyone. We are here with Lacey from Tiny House Bread and Brew, and she's going to be telling us about the exciting stuff she has going on. I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. Um, my name is Lacey. I was born in Homer, and we live in Kenai, and we're raising our two kids, Ivor and Otter, here in Kenai. And I'm married for 15 years to my husband, Brian, and he works at McKiskey Fire Department here in this area. Um, with our business story, though, it basically started back in October of 2018 when I attended the sourdough school in England. Oh, wow. Okay, so you actually went to England and took the training. So now for, I know uh, I, I have years of experience in the kitchen, but kind of what, what's the difference between sourdough and just like regular breads? There's actually, there's so much science involved behind it. And I, I really didn't know very much about it before I went to school. I had a sourdough starter. I was making sourdough bread. I didn't really know why I was eating that bread compared to other food or how it was working. But when I went to school, Vanessa Kimball is the teacher there. Uh, she doesn't just teach how to make sourdough bread. She's really passionate about it. And she teaches her students the art of fermenting your food. So she focuses her entire course on the nutrition and the digestibility of the bread, and not just bread, but also cultured food and drinks in, in general. Um, one of the most interesting things that I learned at the class, I would say, is she explains that, first of all, humans were not meant to eat unfermented wheat, and that's why so many of us are sensitive to it. A cow was meant to eat wheat, not humans. A cow has four compartments in their stomach. So basically, it's a fermentation vat for the cow. So the cow is able to eat this unfermented wheat, and its body ferments it for it to digest it. So as a, as a human, if you're trying to eat wheat that isn't fermented, your body is going to often react to it. So sourdough... If you make it the way that many people do, use her, her course and her method, is the bread is fermented for 36 hours before you bake it. So we start our bread three days before we bake it and sell it. And that ferments the bread. And it makes it easier for humans to digest. It's more nutritious. It tastes better. It's less likely to spike your blood sugar. And it supports your gut health. Interesting, yeah, because I've I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of the movement towards the fermented foods, and it, being a, being a chef in the kitchen, I've dealt with the uh, the uh, really the last five eight years the health consciousness of the gluten intolerance gluten allergy problem. So it's really fascinating to actually get some reasoning behind that. Because it only seems like people come in with a gluten intolerance and never fails right in the middle of a busy shift. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. I I agree. All right. Sorry about that, guys. We do live here in Alaska, so as everybody knows, sometimes we have wonderful internet connections. Kind of just, <laughs> you're not from here, think of AOL, you got mail, and it's probably slower than that. <laughs> but all right. Yeah. So, 
Uh, if you want to continue, we were talking uh, right before it cut off about the rise in the last few years of the gluten intolerance. Yes, um, most of the people, we, if you think about all of your friends and family, you're going to know somebody that's sensitive to wheat. Maybe they can't even eat it at all. And that's one of the reasons I was excited to attend the course is because my mom wasn't able to eat bread anymore, any wheat, after she had been on antibiotics that had messed up her gut health. So at the class, I learned all of these ways to prepare our food in a way that's more nutritious and easy to digest. And then I was able to come home and start making bread for my family, which eventually led to um, teaching small sourdough classes here in this area. Um, and then people were wanting to buy the bread from us. So I started a small business um, selling bread. The kombucha came shortly after that too because it's also a fermented drink. It's, um, I've been making kombucha for a few years. It all started when our neighbor invited us over and asked us if we wanted to learn how to make it with her. Um, it's really enjoyable and easy to make. One thing I like about kombucha is um, it can be fun. You can change the flavor each time. We, we can change what tea we use. We're currently using five different um, fair trade organic teas and it makes a really delicious kombucha and then we flavor it for a second fermentation depending on what flavor we'd like for that week. Um, and it's just, it's taken off and it's been so much fun. With, uh, with kombucha, it contains good bacteria for your gut and it not only has the good bacteria that we need for our gut health, but it also has specific yeast strains that are antibiotic resistant. So for if somebody that was in the hospital or they had an infection and they're taking antibiotics and they want to heal their gut, kombucha is able to go and do that for them. It, it clings to the, to the harmful pathogens and the antibiotics don't kill it off and it's able to help keep your gut healthy. Yeah, I just uh, recently, um, I've talked with a couple kombucha makers and just recently tried it myself for the first time last week, actually. And it was, a, it was amazing. I'm actually oh, drinking good. drinking some uh, as we do this interview this morning. That's kind of the routine that I've gotten into because from so many years in the kitchen, I got used to just slamming down energy drinks or sodas that uh, trying to be a little healthier. And I found one that I really enjoy and I've started drinking that. Now with the fermenting food, I know there's still a lot of people that quite, quite don't understand what fermenting means. I, I know for the longest time I thought of fermenting was rotten. And so what, what's kind of some of the big uh, misconceptions you hear since you, you're kind of in this space more about fermented foods? So it isn't rotten <laughs> and there isn't mold growing on the food. You know, originally fermenting food was used as a way to preserve our food before we had refrigerators. And if you've ever had homemade sauerkraut or kimchi, you can make yogurt, you can make water kefir. There's so many things that we already eat that are fermented. And it's specifically with bread, it's basically breaking down the gluten and making our bodies able to recognize it and take the nutrition out of it instead of just fighting it and having a reaction. So it's making our food 
more available to us as a nutrition instead of something that causes us to have side effects from it. Um, not that you would just eat tons of bread and think that you're healthy, but you would basically use it as a portal to other healthy options. So you could make a piece of sourdough toast and put some kimchi on it and put a sliced avocado on there and maybe some feta cheese. And we eat things like that all of the time. And just introducing, especially if you're not used to it, a little bit of fermented food at a time, it's really delicious and you'll notice a change in your health. Now with you drinking kombucha now, um, like the first time I drank it, I didn't like it. And the I think I spent $6 on the bottle of kombucha. So we did finish it because it cost a lot. And I noticed the first time I didn't like it. And the second time I thought it was okay. And then eventually you really do grow to love it. Um, especially if you just drink a little bit in the morning. It can replace coffee and it can replace energy drinks. And you're replacing it with something that's good for your body. You'll get a natural little boost of energy. You'll feel good, your body will start to detoxify, and it's great for your immune system and your digestive system. Yeah, that's kind of how I, I've, I had it once a long time ago, and it was, I remember it was very bitter, and it just <laughs> kind of one of those things, uh, kind of turned me off from it, never thought about it again until I started the podcast and talking with people that make kombucha, and um, I, I went to a kombuchery here in Palmer and had some there and it was, yeah, just amazing. And it's Good. kind of fascinating to see where from remembering what it tasted like then to where it's come now. And I've noticed the uh, breads are, especially sourdough bread was kind of that way for me too. I remember as a kid, sourdough bread was almost worse than wheat bread. It was just, I yeah. could not stand it. And now to see so many bakers and artists and, bringing it back and kind of modernizing it to me is fascinating yeah and often there's there's sourdough bread in the anchorage area that's wonderful and it's not real sour and it's delicious um i was able to take a, a bread baking class in anchorage at one of your guys's local bakeries too the the sourdough sometimes people will have a really 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 sour version of it sometimes like a san francisco style but um, the way that that we feed our sourdough starter, we feed a little portion of it at a time. It's controlling the acid levels in the sourdough starter. So it's actually not sour at all. And oftentimes someone will buy a loaf of bread from us and then they'll ask, was that sourdough? Because it wasn't sour. And it was sourdough and there's no commercial yeast in it at all. It's just made from a small bit of sourdough starter that ferments the dough and rises it and i'd recommend that you try it again <laughs> now speaking of uh people coming and buying bread from you guys i know recently you just did a pop-up and so what's kind of some ways for people to down there in on the kenai peninsula to come and kind of check out and uh sample your bread um the pop-up shop was so much fun that happened last week um, at Three Peaks Mercantile in Soldotna. We, we usually sell our bread from home on Saturdays. We call it Sourdough Saturday. And I take orders starting, you know, starting on Sunday when Saturday, so Saturday sells. And then on Sunday, I start taking orders for the next Saturday. And we often sell out pretty fast. It's, it's we've gotten a lot of support from people in this area. The bread is, um, 
takes three days to prepare. So I always close the orders on Thursdays. I only make what I have sold. So there's no waste. So I, I don't always have just a bunch of extra bread that didn't sell. I just, I sell until Thursday and then I make the bread for Saturday. And it's been really fun. I'm hoping to, to maybe do a couple more pop-ups. There's some events coming up in the spring that I would like to attend. Um, our goals for our business right now is we're working under the cottage law for Alaska. And in our area, it's really supportive. It's been working great for us selling from home. I, I don't have a big oven. So one of my goals is to save up for a bigger oven. That way, if I do a pop-up show, I could bring more bread and not just bread. There's other things that we make too. We just can't fit them into the bake schedule. So sourdough bagels, cinnamon rolls, brioche rolls. Um, we have so many things, little galettes and pies and English muffins. And I'd love to sell those on Saturdays, but I just can't fit them all into the schedule. So we usually just have bread and then one specialty item to go with it, along with kombucha. Yeah, I've seen the pictures of the cinnamon rolls you posted, and those looked amazing. Those are really good, and those are also fermented slowly. So they're, um, and they're not sour, they're really good. And we've been using mostly Facebook and Instagram. I didn't have a Facebook or an Instagram account before we opened. We opened last May, and so I got those. And, and it's amazing what social media does for you because most of our orders are coming through that, a few by telephone and a few on phone call, but most of them are on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find us on there looking for a tiny house bread and brew. And now, um, with, with um, doing the fermented food, uh, being here in Alaska, does that present any challenges or advantages? Like, does our weather play into that, or does it make it harder, easier? Um, one of the things that I learned at the school is knowing what you're, knowing your dough and getting used to how it's supposed to feel and what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to fold. And I'm glad that I went there and learned that because you can't just write down a recipe and say, make this bread. It completely depends on your environment, like you said. So um, it's almost the opposite for our specific home because in the winter we're using a wood stove and our house is always about 76 degrees. So our house is really warm in the winter. So the dough is going to ferment a little bit faster. The kombucha is going to ferment a little bit faster. In the summer, it drops down. Our house is about 70 degrees. So then I have to adjust things with that. Um, but even if it's a super rainy day, the dough is different than if it wasn't rainy. So the weather definitely plays a part. Um, but I like that about I like that about it because it makes me feel like it's something that's that's alive and something that that is good for us. It's not like I just dumped a packet of yeast into a bowl and 30 minutes later I'm baking bread. It's, it's actually like an enjoyable process. Yeah, that's one thing that's always fascinated me with bakers is the science behind it. Cause I know as being a savory chef that we, I recipes I just kind of use as a guideline and mm -hmm. have so so much uh, room to kind of freestyle things where I know the little bit I've put my hand into baking is it's 
very much a it's an art form more than anything and it's so scientific that it fascinates me people that can can do that on a scale like you can yeah it's definitely something that you you get used to and you start learning and that was a big part of the sourdough school and i love that about it is we weren't just following a recipe and just like you said it's kind of like you have a guide but then you have to get to know the process so did you travel to London just for the school or were you already there? How did that kind of come about? Um, it came about as I, I didn't have Facebook or Instagram and a friend told me about Vanessa Kimball and said that I should check her out, that she, that her website looks amazing. And I, I go in on her website and she has a recipe for sourdough bread and I had already been making sourdough bread, but in a loaf pan, so it wasn't as pretty. Um, it was, I wanted to make like a big, rustic, pretty loaf of bread. And um, I looked at this recipe and it was really confusing and I didn't understand pretty much anything that I was reading. She, she explains it really clearly, but I was like, obviously you need to be a baker to know what what she's talking about because I needed I needed to step by step this is exactly what you do I didn't know how to read the dough or tell if the dough was ready um, and I started using her recipe and I saw that she had a course coming up in the fall and I really wanted to take the class um, my mom had airline miles and I I ended up going I went by myself we have two small kids at the time so my husband took time off of work my first time away from the kids and and I headed there alone and she was awesome she helped me with um I'd never been in a taxi cab I'd never been on a train um all of that was the first for me and I ended up staying close to the school at a little uh, this adorable place that was on Airbnb it was a really great time and I was there nothing bad happened and everything was enjoyable so that's amazing. a wonderful time. That's amazing to hear kind of just the peak of the curiosity to end up on a trip like that. Yeah, and I, I learned so much. It was amazing. We just, all of our meals were at the school and we were preparing all of the food and drink together. It was a really great time. And now, uh, do you, I know we, we talked a little bit about your Facebook, uh, I mean, your Facebook and Instagram. And uh, you want to go ahead and uh, repeat those hash, uh, your handles, that way people can find you. Because I know I've, that's how I found you was on Instagram. And I, I would love for our listeners, to even if they're not in the area, to be able to go on and uh, look at your work. Your bread is so beautiful and amazing. Thank you. Um, I would just search Tiny House Bread and Brew, and I'm hoping that would pop it up for you. And that's just the same on Facebook and Instagram. And then if you find us on one of them, I tried to put a little link on the About section to get you to the other one. And we'll make sure, too, that we put uh, your Instagram and your Facebook here on the show notes. And is there anything else you, you. you want to tell our listeners? Uh, Anything you want them to know about either you or your business? Well, one thing I, I feel really thankful for is a lot of times people will ask me, they'll be like, isn't it hard having a business in Alaska? And they'll say, 
What about shipping bottles? What about shipping flour? What about all of this? And, and I see that that can be a disadvantage shipping to Alaska um, and, and that we are so remote. That's one of the things I actually really love about Alaska is how remote we are. We're not close to anything, so it's gonna cost more to ship things to us. Um, because of that, in the beginning, I did order bottles for kombucha. And then I started a customer program where if they brought me the bottles back, they would get a credit on their account for their next order. And now I don't have to order bottles. And so what started out as something that could be considered a disadvantage because of this awesome place we live, people are so cool here. They're just really supportive of small business. The food scene here is growing. Um, fermented food and drinks sell really fast and the people that are buying them are really kind, great people. So now I don't even have to buy bottles. I order new caps every now and then because winter cheap to ship here. Um, so the bottle return program has been working really well for us. And then overall, the people that that live here, I have customers coming from Anchorage and Palmer, all over the Kenai Peninsula, just showing up at our house on Saturdays to buy bread. And it's been really enjoyable. I and mean, I'm completely shocked by how much support we've gotten from people. Um, the pop-up shop was so much fun. And I wish I would have been able to bring more bread to it. But um, that's over at Three Peaks Mercantile. And Joe owns that place. And he's basically, he just gives all of these businesses that are starting up a little boost right when they're getting started. And he's just helping to grow the food culture here. So uh, alongside with the shipping, if there's like a specialty item that I can't get here that I would like to have, you, I've been able to just go to this little organic grocery store in Kenai and talk to them. It's called Maggie's General Store. And they'll order it for me. So basically, I, I'm just... I'd like to end it on, I'm really thankful that we live in a place where there's so much kindness and support from the community and other businesses. I 110% agree with you on that. It is that the true sense of community in Alaska is like nowhere else. I mean, me, me and my wife, we moved up here from Texas and everybody talks about Southern hospitality and I'll be the first to tell you Southern hospitality couldn't touch the sense of community and hospitality that Alaskans have for each other. I mean, I started this mm -hmm. podcast knowing almost nobody up here. And I mean, it's everybody's so willing to help and so excited just to be able to network with other people. It's truly an amazing. And um, you and our other guests that come on and share your experiences and your food and passion with, the community just makes it that much better because there's nothing, nothing brings people together quite like good food and a good beverage. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lacey, for joining us. And we will make sure. Yeah, thank get, you for having us. Yeah, and we'll make sure we get all of your links over onto the show notes and our social media. And we wish you the best of luck down there. And hopefully this spring when we make it down, we'll be able to come see you. That sounds great. You have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye.